Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait. wait we're, we're not, what are we going to read? read <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay. Uh, how about we uh, read a single pot still Irish whiskey? Single pot still Irish whiskey. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, we don't have to read because it's the same tracks. Oh. Single pot still. No, you. <laughs> we're together and you fucked that up. <laughs> so, intro music. <laughs> Oh, my God. Who are those fellas down at the end of the bar? Those are the McGlynn boys. It's best to just let them be and listen to what they got to say. Ask if you must, drink if you want, and disregard the rules because this... This is the Tavern Question. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome you to the Tavern in Question, your weekly podcast of shenanigans, where my brother and I, Josh and Ian, sit together. I sounded really weird. Yeah. Virtually, usually, but tonight we are not virtual. Tonight we are actually physically in the same location, something that only happens like once or twice a year, but we're actually doing it. Like he's right there. I can touch him. I know. I can we touch him. I can, can, can touch him. So, uh, super cool. So, for those of you on, on Twitch watching the stream right now, we already did the little camera loop to loose. You could actually confirm that we are in the same location uh, and we are here doing the show live. One of many, hopefully, in the near future to come. Hopefully, this is more of a regular thing than a, a not a regular thing. Then, like, well, think about it this way: we've recorded in person twice this year already. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. Although nobody's gotten to hear this, uh, the first one. No, because that's, that's going to come out later. It's going to be special, for sure. Super special. <laughs> hey, it's glad to have you here, man. It's Dude, like I'm so happy to be here. Well, and Seriously also to get out of the car. I mean. <laughs> 14 hours. It was, a, it was a long fucking drive, bro. <laughs> it was, yeah, it started at four this morning. So, so drinking, drinking good whiskey. Right. So we're not going to skip a beat. We're going to go right to the news desk. <laughs> it's so weird not having the music. I know. It's like, uh, like I use the music to like get my pace and all that well, shit. Together. You should have sent me the music. I would have been able to hit the I button. I have sent you the music. To the news stuff? Twice. Yeah, it's in the share drive guy. Yeah, that's on me. Yeah, okay. Anyways. Anyways. (laughs) Right. So, in the news today, or yesterday, we don't really put dates on stuff, because it does tend to be a little dated, because these episodes come out like weeks later. That's okay. I think we were just talking about the the Olympics on the last episode (laughs) in September. Right? No big deal. The Summer Olympics in September. (laughs) Well, the, the Olympics were a year late, so if we're two months late getting to yeah, them, it's I mean, okay. Nobody nobody gives a shit. COVID's no, a bit, good. right? We're good. All right. So today in the news, uh, one of my favorite all-time rappers, Nicki Minaj. Sorry. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Sorry. <laughs> Get it together, man. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> she is. She's one of my all-time favorites. I love her to death. So apparently she got a little feisty on Twitter the other day in regards to some uh, some vaccination stuff and kind of put out some information that has been labeled misinformation. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, it actually led to a protest outside the CDC down in Atlanta. 
yeah, 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 yeah. So the tweet was something in regards of she's waiting to get the vaccine. Uh, I, I couldn't find it. I think it's been taken down. Uh, but basically, she was waiting to get the vaccine until she has more information. And uh, a relative of hers in some location uh, took the shot and uh, had some bad stuff happen to his balls. So she's a little leery of going. Yeah. So. OK. Well, she's good. <laughs> or does or she? Does she? <laughs> so that was one of the first questions in my mind. Right. Because that's that. But, you know, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she just, you know, uh, but she's getting lambasted by a whole bunch of folks because, you know, she she came out with misinformation. Mm-hmm. And she, it wasn't like she wasn't saying this is going to kill me. Right. Right. She's saying I'm waiting to read some more information mm-hmm. to figure it out. And then once I have the the information, you know, and then people get super weird. Oh, information's out there. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Right. But that's a lot of information and people yeah. need to take fucking time to read that shit. So I, I applaud her for taking that tactical pause to get all that information to read mm. and to make that a, an informed decision for herself. I think where she may have uh, not helped her cows any was talking about her relative in a, a different country who had some unfortunate misgivings with his balls. Uh, hopefully everything's okay with him. I hope the dude's, the dude's not turned back to normal. Okay. That would be a terrible thing. Yeah. Well, like what, did she specify what happened to them? Like, did they shrivel up? Did they double in size? Did they fall off? I mean, in- impetus, impotence, and swelling. So they got huge, but they didn't work anymore. <laughs> that would be a problem. Good yeah. thing for me. I never mind. I'm not going to finish that. Thought. <laughs> I'm not going to finish that. Thought. It's going to be so bad. But can you imagine that? Like, yeah, I, I beat the COVID, but uh, but my balls are my, huge and it do- my, they don't my work. junk doesn't work anymore. <laughs> Right, so see, there's that. That's a big decision. You want yeah. your junk to work, and risk COVID, or not risk COVID and not have your junk work. I feel like we should ask that question on our philosophy episode. We probably should. Hmm. I will say that if I had that question brought to me before I got the vaccine, I think I probably would have picked COVID. <laughs> I mean, For real. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. be sick for a little bit and potentially die than not have use of my penis anymore. Yeah, no, for real, I'm I'm I with mean, you. Yeah, no, I would. I looking at this like statistical data, like at my age and right, you know, health, whatever. You know, I I would take the risk and be like, yeah, I'm probably gonna be okay with COVID, but I really, I really want my junk to work. But I think one of the side effects, though, to like long COVID is also similar. Oh, I think that's uh, there. I might be wrong here, but I'm almost positive that it has been one of the the effects of folks having long COVID has been, you know, their their junk stops working. So it affects fertility in women. Right. But the, you know, ED is a right. a thing that happens, um, which I think is probably a, a little bit more normal than what we think. Mm-hmm. Because with Spanish influenza, depression was one of the big side effects mm-hmm. of the, the Spanish influenza itself. Right. So... Which I would assume, you know, uh, a, a side effect of depression that you got from the virus was probably your junk not working. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So so I, I feel like maybe they just didn't annotate it uh, as much and they just kind of threw it under the depression umbrella. So maybe it's not something new. See, like something I've I've been curious about is uh, I've I've seen a couple of instances, and even when I got my vaccination, there was a woman who was there pregnant getting the vaccination. So 
I would almost have more of a concern in that situation than if, you know, my junk didn't work. Honestly, I didn't even think about it affecting my junk. Safe to say my junk still works. So, um, maybe <laughs> I'm leaving that one alone. I'm not maybe, going, maybe nope, this nope. guy just, you're not a, baiting me into that one. <laughs> well, no, maybe just this guy had a bad batch. I mean, I don't know. It just, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, a weird thing, but like that, that's something that's always kind of, you know, ma- like made me think it's like, okay, people are worried about taking this for themselves, but then you have people who are carrying other life that are going to take it. And it's just like, that's, that's when I start going, okay, where's more information? Where's the testing on this kind of instance? It's like, or is there, or is this the test? It's happening now. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's happening now. And well, I mean, shit, we won't know any of this for another five, 10 years. And by that time, we'll be on COVID thirty four. Who knows? Mostly, they're not doing numbers; they're just doing names. They got yeah. The they're gonna run out of letters eventually. Delta variant. The what's the uh, mu? I don't know what the the Latin oh, letter is, but that's that's the next one. Oh, that is that the monster one? I don't know. That's the where Fauci, the vaccine the vaccine resistant one. Yeah, Fauci's like, yeah, this is the monster one. Whatever that dude, that dude has lost all credibility and for me personally i just he's uh his lack of consistency and i give him i give him credit for evolution right because mm. it it evolves and it changes i get that but i had a uh, i had somebody hit me up on uh twitter who had listened to the fauci one and the mask mandates and they said they basically spit out what they were drinking when i dropped the fauci that motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh my god i'm like that's that's beautiful. <laughs> I'm like, it still rings true though. I mean, it it it's not going to go away. <laughs> yep. No, he uh, he's had a tough job. He's had a rough yeah. go. You know, this hasn't been easy. But uh, I think there's there's been some some political posturing over scientific yeah discipline. I guess discipline would be the best word for that. Uh, that has happened, and that's my perception anyway. Fair enough. And these opinions do not reflect uh, any of our podcasting anybody's. They're just mine and my own. So don't get mad. You can at me, but that, that's it. Okay, there you go. So Josh, over to you. Well, sadly enough, uh, I normally I try to uh, bring the uh, happy-go-lucky uh, the instances. I felt like this was appropriate to to share. Norm McDonald. Oh. After nine years of uh, his struggle with cancer. He uh, he finally passed away, which is a bummer because I hear the name Norm MacDonald and I immediately think Saturday Night Live Jeopardy skit where he is Burt Reynolds. Yes. The one in particular where you have Will Ferrell as Alex Trebek yep. doing like the closing thing. And he comes up wearing this giant cowboy giant hat. Cowboy hat. He's yes. Like, hey, I, uh, I, I found this hat backstage and uh, it's uh pretty funny <laughs> he just did it it's it's brilliant yeah he also did the one where he's like i'll uh because he always chewing gum right yeah i'll uh i'll take the penis <laughs> and he's like that's the pen is <laughs> yeah 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 that's what yeah, i said yeah that's what i said <laughs> no he he uh, was great and he was one of the first anchors on uh what is it the weekly what's the news thing that they do the weekly re- uh the weekly report is it the weekly report Something like it's yeah. the weekly something. So, I think it was Phil Hartman, Norm Macdonald, and then uh, Colin. Uh, fuck, I can't remember his last name. His first name was Colin. Uh, 
if I remember correctly. And his uh, Phil Hartman had amazing delivery, mm-hmm. amazing delivery, uh, probably the best at anybody. Mm-hmm. But if anybody was going to take his place, Norm Macdonald was it because he just has that bizarre like he does those weird pauses. <laughs> All and he plays the same dude in every single like oh, yeah. uh, ha- like Happy Gilmore production that he's in. Mm-hmm. So when Adam Sandler puts him in a movie, he's the same fucking dude yeah. every single time. I think he's just Norm Macdonald <laughs> for real. Like I think like no fake. Yeah, they're like, hey, uh, what's my character? You. I think I can do that. And see, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. Um, I had seen a couple of uh of snippets of video of him recently and he, he was looking rough and he had cancer yeah yeah and which which is a bummer and anything else i had seen him whether it was television or if it was movies and stuff he he was one of those people who always had a smile on his face was always joking around and even like with the articles that i was finding about him all the pictures they had he was smiling and and looking like he was genuinely enjoying himself and he strikes me as one of those people who, aside from cancer, um, enjoyed life. And it was just, I don't know. And so I, I saw it, and at first I was like, no. I was like, no, he didn't die. And then I, I, saw, I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, that is that is crazy. And, and I don't get, like, bent out of shape when, like, I get bent out of shape when people die. I don't care if you're a celebrity or if you're just somebody like, you know, people get more bent out of shape, like, oh, man, so-and-so died. That's so terrible. And it's like, well, no, they're they're a person. They died. That sucks, you know, just because they're famous. I think the only famous person I legit got bent out of shape about was Sean Connery. That that messed me up a little bit. Like, I had a Sean Connery watch-a-thon that day when I found out. I'm like, I got to watch. I got to watch the good ones. And, you know, that made me feel a little better. That yeah, Carrie Fisher was mine. Oh, I can't watch Star Wars. <laughs> even yeah. even like the older ones, the fact that she, you know she's not around anymore, it just it it hurts too much. Yeah, it. Granted, I watch them anyway. She'll always be yeah. Is. The Return of the Jedi. Oh yeah, Slave Leia. Yep, that'll always be a thing for me forever in my brain. Damn, she was hot. She was wicked like, hot. Wicked hot. I remember uh, shortly after she passed. There is a line in like very early on in uh, the first newest of the movies, uh, Force Awakens, yeah. where you have Poe's character meeting some old guy who they never really explained who he was, which kind of pissed me off. Right. Where he says the uh, Poe says the general will really appreciate this. And he's like, she's the general to you. She's like, but to me, she's royalty. Oh, Guys, I got goosebumps. Just, <laughs> oh, it's such a cool line. It, the, the thing is, that's so true. Mm-hmm. So true. But, but yeah, Norm Macdonald. Well, that, that was uh, shout out to my buddy Corey, uh, Corey Baker. Uh, he, he, t- uh, we were in uh, Arizona. I was training with the. I was, well, I was with West Point. I was with the cadets, and we're in the wind tunnel. And I, we were taking a break, and I went back and I checked my phone, and I had a text message from him, which was odd. Right. And I pulled it up, and all it said was, the princess has died. Mm. And oddly enough, coming from him, I knew exactly who he was talking about. I'm like, no way. Sure enough, opened up my phone, and it's everywhere. And I was like, oh. oh. But, yeah, that was uh, that was mine. That was my, my hard celebrity loss was was Carrie Fisher. And just because that was, she has that, that iconic you know image in my head. 
But yeah, Sean Connery was a tough one too. We, I mean, a ton of them. Uh, Robin Williams, his his was hard because it was a little dark. You know, uh, Connery was old. Yeah, so you knew it was coming. <laughs> I mean, know. when I was young, he was still super fucking old. Super old. <laughs> so, so he he was one of those people where he aged so gracefully, but then at the last little bit, I had saw I had seen recent pictures of him. He had finally started to look old. Well, the dude was like eighty something. Right. Well, <laughs> Betty White. When you think Betty White, well, no, hear, hear yeah. me out. Yeah, no, I'm you with think you. of I'm Betty White you. from like the Golden Girls. That's how she looks. That's how she should should look. Yeah. There was uh, a Netflix documentary about her and like in her career and stuff like that. And I'm I'm watching. I'm like, that's not Betty White. It's like she looked. She finally. Looked her age at like what ninety nine? Yeah, I was gonna well, say fuck, she's, I don't know she's pushing she hundred. But I was just like, like it almost broke my heart a little bit because you almost expect these people to last forever, right? And the vision you have of them, like when I think Sean Connery, I think um, uh, the Last Crusade, Sean Connery, Indiana Jones. That's when I think Sean Connery. That's who, the vision of him that I think of. Oh yeah, or the Medicine Man. Yes, that's what I think of him as. So seeing this this a huge departure from that i was just like it makes you a little sad but then it kind of reminds you it's like hey guess what people don't last forever no except Which, for betty white except for betty white yeah. fuck she'll she'll definitely outlast me she so. was on a, a podcast with alan alda who's also getting old right right uh so of of mash fame he's been in all kinds of movies right uh awesome dude it was uh hawkeye yeah yeah, yeah. and uh and amongst many other things, the guys right. guys done a million things. And he's excellent. Uh, Clear and Vivid is the name of the show, and he had Betty White on one of his episodes, and she sounded old, oh. but right. she was still feisty as shit. <laughs> she was hitting on him. She was hitting on their fucking sound guy. Oh, like, uh, and then he asked, like, he asked her something about her diet. Like, what do you eat to freaking stay so young? And she's like, cheeseburgers and French fries. Like, <laughs> You know, she she's not like she's she's riding that body hard all the oh, way yeah. to the end, which is awesome. I and I think that was like that's one of my like adoration moments for her was it was it was the fact that, you know, here she is you know, almost 100 years old and she has just lived life as full as she possibly could. So if you have a chance, check out that Netflix documentary on her, because at one point in time, she's feeding a grizzly bear. Yeah, I saw that. Well, like, yeah, right I saw that. Clip. It's like, OK. Betty White, you couldn't get any cooler, and then you go ahead and get a little cooler by beating a fucking grizzly bear, and you pretend like like, like well maybe she did think it was just a big dog. I I don't know, but I mean, she was so cool with it, and I know for sure I would be peeing a little bit if that were me. Yeah, bears are scary. Yeah, bears are scary. Wicked scary. Yeah. So, anyways, I think it's about time we head over to the bar. Absolutely. Just wrap it up for us at the news desk. That's what happens when we add our own music. All right. We are at the bar. Well, no. Hey bartender! Hey bartender! Hey, fuck, fuck, dude, we've been doing this for like six I months. I know you think we would know what our <laughs> segments are. So, fuck. We, we have a couple of them tonight, and actually, we have more 
in the bar, which is actually right there. There's whiskey right here. It's that way. So we can get we can get more. But we're gonna go with these. So uh Ian brought a Irish whiskey. Powers signature release. And from what I understand, they don't make it anymore. It is discontinued. Uh, it was made in 2013. The, uh, of course, after it's gone, I was talking with uh, Derek. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Ooh, that was a weird tasting burp. Uh, <laughs> Derek King is their brand ambassador. Uh, he said uh, once it went away, once they shut it off, there was a, a hashtag that came out that was, you know, bring back the green label. Oh wow! Um, talking about the signature release, right? And, and he was like, "Well, what actually the should, hashtag should have been was go buy the green label because it it didn't sell very well, right? Uh, and so you can still find a couple of them here and there. I found one in Connecticut. My buddy Liam, he he found that bottle there. Now, did they discontinue it before they went to the shorter, rounder bottles? Yeah, because the rounder the that's new. That didn't come out. I think he said until. I got that was a twenty late twenty eighteen early twenty nineteen oh, thing. So that's a fairly recent fairly recently, thing. yeah. Okay. All right, so we're gonna. I mean, we we've already been sipping on it, and it's it's pretty good. This, this is classical Irish whiskey. Uh, it's it's nothing that's gonna freaking you know, you're not gonna spend a million dollars on it, but that's not the intent. This just presents everything I love about Irish whiskey, right, is is basically what's right here. So yeah. you get the light kind of crispness mm-hmm. uh, reminiscent of an apple, hmm. but you get that that baked kind of sugar cookie texture almost to it, and it, it finishes clean. Mm-hmm. It doesn't linger. There isn't like – it's not like those, you know, hard-punching bourbons that just sit – on the back of your tongue or in your chest for freaking seven minutes and afterwards. Then, like you're like, ah, yeah, right. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> like you got to drink some water. Just to get <laughs> right. some moisture back in your like mouth. Like thick water. Right. Yeah. It, it is, it is thin. It doesn't have a big body, but this is, this is one of those just fun sipping whiskeys. And yeah. this is, this would be a dangerous one for me because I think it's 80, it's either 80 or 86. 92. Well, shit. Well, there you go. <laughs> So it's uh, that explains a lot. Ninety-two proof, and this is the. Oh, see, I love this bottle though. It's got the the swallows on it, and it's got this cool shield thing. This is sharp. So, like, don't get me wrong. Like, their their new bottles, the the short rounder ones, mm-hmm. are are awesome. I I like those too. There's something pretty cool about those. <laughs> yeah, no, they they modernized for sure, and right. they're they're trying to market, but. Which is weird. I say modernized, but they're actually going back to because if you look at old bottles of Powers, it mm-hmm. looks a lot more like that than that. Oh, so they're kind of reverting back to so the olden doing, days. They have like a retro right? movement. So the diamond, going on? yeah, the diamond P, like you know, that was that was always the forefront. Right. And in the old labels that we're looking at right here, mm-hmm. the diamond P kind of gets lost. So when you see the mm-hmm. the Tower of Power from the World Fair in nineteen, shit, I think that was nineteen twelve. Uh, it's all the bottles with the big diamond P. Mm. So it's, you know, that label kind of, they kind of lost it with that, but they're bringing that back and that's, that's the, the hub. And now it's just a color. So mm-hmm. your, your gold label, which is actually like reddish color, right. <laughs> right? You've got your three swallows, which is still the blue, right? The John's lane is now gray mm. in the new bottles, right? 
and the, they're not uh, doing the John Lane was like more of a purple, right? Or like a yeah, it's like a reddish purple. Yeah, okay. I say I have a I have one of those in the old bottle as well. Yeah, this is good. This is good. I, again, single pot still. It's freaking. Yeah. If you are an Irish whiskey fan, this this is in your wheelhouse. This is something that's that's great. Okay. And I wouldn't I wouldn't mix Irish whiskeys hmm. with like with mixers or anything no, like that. No, I wouldn't like with a, a ginger ale or even with a even with a seltzer water. Hmm. I would I always go with these neat because they just they present and Irish whiskeys for me it either hits it or it doesn't. So I I have the Irish whiskeys that I'm like yeah yeah and then I have the Irish whiskeys that just sit and collect dust on my bar because I'm not going back to them because they just they didn't they missed it. And you can't justify throwing it out. No. Yeah. I, no. I get that. So I uh, fuck this guy. I don't know who he was. <laughs> uh, I'm in a, a whiskey group on Facebook, and he came out, had the balls to come out the other day and say, if I drink one bottle a month from my collection, mm-hmm. I have enough to last me like 17 years. Right? Shit. Fuck him. Right. Because you know what I did? Is that like bragging? Almost? No. He's just making a fiscal, like a, a, a responsible freaking decision, right. right? To say I'm not going to buy as much because I have enough to drink. If I were to drink one bottle a month, I would. Not, I don't need to buy booze for another freaking 20 years. So that fuck face, okay. I then went to my bar and started doing math. <laughs> Uh-oh. <sighs> do, do you not have the results? I mean, Cheers. You're going to say that, but you're not going to tell us. I don't math good. Oh. What's 314 months? How many years is that? Oh, I don't I don't math good either. Yeah, right. It's like 20 plus years. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So if you're on the stream uh, or listening to this on launch day, go ahead and hit me up with a, a DM and let me know what 314 months how many years that is i'm not grabbing my phone to do math right now I was say, <laughs> well i'm trying to I'm not divide it by 12 but then you got to carry try, the two i was gonna say if i try to divide in my head i'd I have to write it out but then my handwriting gets it oh so all right so we will interact just this one time uh apparently it's 26 years who said that uh j greg zero two four thanks j greg zero two four for doing math for me Apparently, 28 years. So nobody tell my wife that I have 28 <laughs> years of whiskey stacked up in my freaking bar right now. <laughs> Shit. It's <laughs> a lot of booze. See, it's only a lot if you let it be a lot. Right. You know, think about like think about like um, comic book collectors. They could have thousands and thousands of comic books but it's like okay is that really a lot or does it just seem like a lot to other people because they don't get it uh yeah it probably seems like a lot and and to me it's not though to me when i look at it i i look at the wall and i look at my shelf and it's not like there's still there's still bottles that i am pursuing right and there, I will continue to pursue them. What I need to stop doing is when I walk into a store and I see a bottle that I already have, but at a fucking fantastic price, I'm like, oh, my God. I got to have it. I got to have it because it's so <laughs> cheap. But you already got two. You know. No, no. Leave it there for somebody else. And I'm, I'm getting better with that. Mm-hmm. I'm getting way better with that. I flubbed on a bottle of Taylor when I was in Texas because it was like 40 bucks. 
and I just could not just let it sit there. I was like, uh, I tried. I was like, <laughs> nope, taking it, taking it, taking it. I have yet to to see Taylor anywhere. And would, would you um, like to come to Texas with me? Oh fuck no! I've already shit. Let's go to Arizona, bro. I was in I'll, Phoenix I'll less there. than twenty four hours ago. It's everywhere. Seriously? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. The I have a, and this is something I may have mentioned already. Um, I'm in a. Uh, a bourbon group on Facebook and people post about getting Blanton's all the time, all the time. And so I was like, okay, first off I have to, I have to get it just to see what it's like. And, but the thing is like the store I usually go to never has it. Other stores I try to go to on a regular basic, never have it. This guy posted, he had gotten a thing of Blanton's Sazerac rye and Taylor all in one store and he bought all three of them he you know had the picture of all three on the uh dash of his car which so happened to get the store in the background this store <laughs> was the fucking little corner store i lived next to for seven goddamn years <laughs> like to the point where the owner of the store who ran the register or whatever he knew who I was. Like, we knew each other. He got all three. And these are three that I've been looking for. for Since I started drinking whiskey and, you know, started to figure out what I liked, all three of these I've been looking for. have have yet to be able to find it. And this motherfucker got it all at a store that I was stone distance from. I was supposed to bring baby Saz. I'm sorry. That's okay. I forgot. You bought... My Blanton's though, so that's okay. Well, it, which is super weird because like uh, Josh and I were talking earlier today, and it took me seven years to get all of the toppers. The the was it the nine different toppers mm-hmm. that spell out Blanton's. So it, seven years it took me from the first time I was like, okay, cool, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. Now it wasn't I wasn't hard pursuing, right? So I probably could have done it faster, but and again, I will only pay so much for Blanton's. Like right. you walk into a couple stores and they've got it listed for like 120 bucks. Hard pass. Um, anything eighty or below, mm. uh, I'll grab or at least consider, mm. just because you don't you don't see it. And then there, we just got lucky. Liam again, the guy that that found this, uh, a buddy of mine in in Boston. We went hunting and we ended up, and it was these backcountry little freaking. We walk into this store right, and the their whiskey section has like. Jack Daniels, Jim Beam, right. a bottle of Knob Creek that looks like it's seventy years old. Uh, you know, <laughs> like dust on yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And so, like instantly, you're you're kind of like you walk in, you're like, Ugh. and then you walk over to the counter, and then behind the counter, there's like freaking nineteen bottles of plants. Like, what the fuck? And so, <laughs> right away, I, I walk up and I'm like, hey, what's your price on that? Because if they've got that much, I kind of feel like it's it's more of a flex than they're actually trying to sell it, right? And then they they this lady was like, gives us the MSRP. And I was like, uh-huh. Oh yes, I'll take all. Of Actually. Them. No, <laughs> that's something I, with those, I don't do. Right. I will, I, I will only grab what I need unless I'm grabbing for somebody else. And I have, I grabbed one for you. I grabbed one for my friend in Colorado uh, and got it out to, got it out to her. But it, it was just it, it, weird, hmm. just random podunk store that you would right. not think. And here was the, here it is there. And it's like, God damn. And Liam was, a, I, I think from where he's like, Oh, I got to let somebody know. I'm like, don't you say a word. Don't just let it be. 
Let yeah. this be the, the honey hole. And then we went to another one. This one was uh, in a part of town that was pretty sketchy. Oh, dang. Yeah, no, it was super sketch. <laughs> and we walked in there, and I was like, right, like, right off the gig, I'm like, I am super uncomfortable in We're this location. <laughs> yeah, this is not a comfortable. Like, we don't have any business here. But we walk in, and sure as shit. They got Weller Foolproof. They got uh, I got some some fantastic Japanese whiskey out is of this that, place. Is that the one with the cool samurai cap thing? No, that was in New Hampshire. Okay, but this was this one was uh, uh, it's Yam, uh, Yamamoto, but it's in a uh, in this freaking samurai. No, it's a ninja. It's a ninja decanter. Super it's super fucking sweet. Cool. Yeah, no, no, it's it's badass. The whiskey's okay. Like right. you know what I mean? It's 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 nothing that you're gonna be like, oh my god. Right. But uh, it, it's it's good Japanese whiskey. Uh, mm. But the 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 decanter's cool, and I had not seen anything like that anywhere else. So I was like, yeah, you know, I'll I'll grab that. And he found all kinds of good shit. So good deal. Yeah, man. Yeah, it, hunting is is fun. Yeah. It, and really the best way to do it and it's not necessarily hunting it's you establish a relationship hmm. find find your store mm-hmm. get in with the people mm-hmm. and become a regular and that's the best thing i think you can do uh recently uh nine east uh the the wine and, and liquor store it's kind of near where i work yeah happened to go in there i was wearing my work shirt i was on my way home from work wanted to go in because he he has weird stuff and he and I had talked before, uh, talked whiskey. And he was actually the first store owner to ever bring out the distributor's book. Oh, damn. And let me flip through the book so I could see what he's paying for this stuff. And I'm like, this is amazing. So, and again, I never have beef for, for retailers marking up their stuff. They got to make money. That's yeah. that's why they're there. So, uh, but the fact that he was that open with it. Anyway, so I go back with my work shirt on. It's got where I work and what I do on the back of it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey do you, are you active duty? I'm like, yes, sir. And he's like, you work down the street? Yes, sir. He's like, do you know this guy? Actually, I'm going to go see that guy here in a couple days. <laughs> and he's like, for real, totally different conversation. And he's like, what are you looking for? Oh, shit. Like, I'm looking for this. Uh, and he's like, okay, cool. So 48 hours later, I get a phone call. Hey, Come by the store. So come by the store. He's got that and a couple other bottles that he wants me to try. And like, anyway, oh, the the relationship there was phenomenal. The guy's name is AJ. Dude, a uh, former Ranger guy that served in Somalia mm-hmm. uh, with this other guy that I work with. Uh, unbelievable. But there's there's that relationship, that connection. And you make that you make that point. And mm-hmm. I, he's got really great stuff. And he nice. has access to really great stuff. Um nice. Make the relationship. Take the time. Get to know your people. Uh, and don't be the dickhead that walks in from out of town and be like, you got any Blantons? Right. Fuck, fuck off. They're, um, the store that I, I go to, which I have classified as my store, there was um, the general manager. She and I, like we had seen each other enough to recognize each other. And for a while, I, was, I had just recently tried uh, Buffalo Trace which I, I still think is great, especially for the price of it. So I started asking, hey, when do you guys get more of it in? She's like, well, best time yeah, you, we can get it in is between these days and these days. So she's like, however, the big push for it is that first day because as soon as we get it, a lot of people will take it. So she's like, if you're going to come in, try to get here early in the day and on the 
earlier of these two or three days. And I'm like, okay, cool. But I was like, well, too bad I'm at work. But <laughs> and so um, after a while, like I, I was always trying to catch it there and I never could. And so there was one time I went and I grabbed a bottle of something I hadn't had before. And she's like, hey, she's like, I thought you'd be coming in today because, you know, I kind of had like a, a similar day I was going in. Right. And she was like, I don't usually do this. And then reached out. She had two bottles of Buffalo Trace. Nice. That she had purposely taken out of their boxes and was holding until I had come in. And she's like, if you don't want them, that's perfectly fine. I can go put them on the shelf. And I'm like, I'll take them right out. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, yeah, I'm going to get two. Is the only excuse me is the only time I've had two of the same bottles of whiskey on my bar. Yeah, was was that, and it was, and then the worst part is she, good for her, she got a promotion and got moved to a bigger out of town store. Well, so then you need to go to the bigger out of town store. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I was like, oh man, I'm like, you're seriously going, and she's like, yeah, she's like, it's a good move for me, and I'm like, well, of course, I'm like, you know, good for you, because the store that I go to is is pretty small, it definitely in comparison, it's pretty small, and it's it's a definitely good move up. I'm like, well, I'm I'm grateful to you. I'll, I'll be sad to see you go, and the people that they have now are not so great. <laughs> so it's like, you know what? I may just drive to the big fucking store <laughs> <laughs> or start over. Right. Like, right. Those are your options, you know. Yeah. And that's it, establish the relationship, and that's. Yeah. I, I I'm trying to do that, and I'm realizing that the store near where we're living now uh, is massive and does a ridiculous amount of business. So I'm down there pretty regularly uh, to where we have conversations, we we chat, um, but I'm not down there enough, <laughs> which I think is kind of which is kind of crazy because you're not down there enough. I'm down there like once a week, and that's not enough. Yeah, no. So, but. It is what it is. It, but it's fun though when you go, you hit the road, and uh, again, that day with Liam was was eye opening because he's like, "Hey, there's a great store here," because hmm. he had hunted way further than I. I got a circuit of like nine stores, hmm. and I just do the loop, like, so I just hit those same nine stores, trying to be consistent. Right. So we we were all over the place and hitting <clears throat> crazy stuff, and then again, we're finding all these little ones, like the one we were driving to go to one and mm. here's oh hey there's one right there so we just pull in and that's where we found the blends for nice. for retail and i was like shit all right then just lucky but it's so fun it's so fun the girls even went with us that day well there you go they didn't have a good time <laughs> we had to stop at like texas roadhouse and feed them fair enough then they had a better time well, there you go because they can get like their uh their margaritas and the fun stuff yeah well fun stuff fun stuff yeah, quote unquote. Right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try this. Oh, so I can't sip this fast. Okay, so this one is called. Or okay, I'm I'm totally gonna fuck this up. So it is from Two James Spirits, handcrafted rye dog white whiskey, Corktown, Detroit. It's coming in at. 50.5 so that's what 101 like, oh shit so i'm i'm not gonna lie i grabbed this simply because it it doesn't look like this <laughs> so i was like because at first i thought they had it in the wrong section i'm like oh that's got to be like a vodka or something like that but then i was like white whiskey and so you had said something earlier when i showed it to you what what makes a whiskey white compared to 
being golden or brown. Time in the barrel. How long does it have so, to stay there to get any color? Uh, theoretically, it depends on the charge. Depends on the the makeup of the barrel. Some of the the staves in the barrel get like these grooves cut in them. So it it, it all depends. Um, according to American rules, right? It's got to be. It has to go into new oak. Okay. So they could legit have, uh, and I think this was uh, Jimmy Russell that said this. Like he could take whiskey off the still, put it into a oak bucket. Right, a new oak bucket that right. I never had distilled in before. Walk over, dump it into a bottle, and it's bourbon, and it's or whatever. Whiskey, right? right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so a lot of times that's what this is. So this is uh, unaged. Okay. Uh, so the aging is where you get the color. All the color that you see in whiskey comes from the barrel, because when it comes off the still, it mm-hmm. looks just like this. And I have a feeling right. this is going to taste. Very similar to what new make whiskey tastes like. And I, I don't know if you, have you ever had whiskey off the still before? Mm. It's it's different. <laughs> and this is a rye, so this is going to be spicy as shit. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know how much they've diluted it down. I don't know what the... Does it say on the label like what the proof was, what it came off the still? Uh, fuck. I don't know. I mean, it can't come off any more than... I think it can't come off any more than 160 off the still. They probably wouldn't put that on there. But this is this is all rye. Anything. This is 100 rye. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm not gonna lie. The first thing that got me about this was the bottle. It always is. And I'm you, a bottle whore. You are a bottle. So whore. the cool thing is like it's got this cool like edging, and honestly, the label's pretty catchy too. It's got this kind of cool older print. Um, I was a little bummed that the bottom of it was a little crinkled and ripped. I was like, well, that's dumb. Then it's got Detroit on the bottom, but then the best part, you turn it over, it's got this bitchin emblem medallion thing and i will show our uh, our viewers what i'm talking about it's it's so cool and i was like damn i'm like that's a fucking sweet bottle <laughs> and i was like but then i was like white whiskey and i'm like i was like i have no idea what that means and at first you had told me about your uh not liqueur yeah. issue I read this thing top to bottom like this has to be whiskey because I will not make it. Well, if, if you look right here on the back. Uh, does it just say liqueur uh, and I fucked this over? So it doesn't. Okay. But what it does say, it says 100% rye spirit oh. distilled from grain. So it's not whiskey? So it, I'm sure it, it doesn't say, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It was in the whiskey section. <laughs> it says whiskey on the front. So whiskey right. is on the label in order for it to them to put whiskey on the label. And again, with the not, the whiskey was nowhere on the label. Right. The only thing that was on the label, they hid in the fucking bottom right-hand corner, was a liqueur. Okay. So this has whiskey on the label. So this is, I, I don't doubt this is new make whiskey. Okay. So. So it's going to be very hot, uh, especially with it being 100% it's, rye. It's going to be interesting. So <laughs> distillate, like coming off the still, is awesome. Right. It is awesome. And that's one of the, like my favorite experiences is, you know, sticking your finger in uh where they like when you're filling a barrel. Right. Like you just, you know, swipe your finger through the stream right. and then you taste it. It's it huh. Pop this thing open, man. Go okay. I'm I'm still I got a nipple on this thing. <laughs> no, seriously, the signature release is so good. Oh, that was that was a good one. Yeah. So now the the paper used to be a a bottle and bond thing, right? It was a tax deal. Okay. Yeah. I saw your 
But there's no way that this has been aged for four years. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no. It's going to say, hey, how you doing? For sure. Oh, no. I'm a Did you rinse your glass? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Woo. <laughs> it, woo. It's... It smells little. <laughs> oh, this is it, dude. This is it. This is off the still. This. So if you were to take this uh-huh. and some sawdust and some some old wood, you, you know what I mean? Like what, yeah. the old wood smell. Yeah. This is what a distillery smells like. That's pretty cool. It's oh, this this is one of the greatest smells ever. Hmm. And if you have a good distillery, they're going to let you smell like their new make and stuff. They're going to let you like touch it. And then you get that smell coming off. It It's unique to itself. It's going to be different. Judge it for what it is, not what not what you have back there. Right. Let this be something unique because it is. See, like already the smell is totally different than like a bourbon. Oh, yeah. And well, it's rye. Well, well, okay. Even some of my rise, it it feels completely different. What What's cool to do is when you get something like this, mm. is you take this, which is unaged, right, just off the still, and then you grab something that's Aged. ten, twelve years old, right, right. Put them in side by side, and you smell them, right. And the difference, and and really, that is where you get what the barrel actually does. And how big of a deal the barrel is to whiskey. Environmentally, it plays a big part, right? Ingredients, the, the terroir, they talk about terroir in, in whiskey. That plays a part too. But no shit, like the, you you get to see, you taste that, right? In its raw form. This is whiskey in its raw form. And then you taste it, you know, 12 years later. Hmm. And you see the transformation process that freaking the environment and the barrel have given to this this whiskey and the product and what patience and all that it spells is patience. Somebody took that, let that sit in a place for 12 years and then you get the shit that's like, so then now would it be more of a gimmick to sell something like this rather than let it sit? Is this like a, a selling point? Because this is a closer to the raw thing compared to something that's had time to sit. Whiskey drinkers, uh, I mean, short of the Buffalo Trace White Dog, <laughs> uh, and that's just because it has Buffalo Trace on the sticker. Yep. Right. Uh, anything Sazerac is freaking. Oh my god. Uh, you know, fanboyed over, fangirled over, whatever you want to call it. But uh, this is it is a little gimmicky. Right. There's not a big market for this, but it's unique enough to where people are going to be like, white whiskey. And that, like, that's exactly what happened. That's what I there did. There you go. <laughs> because you don't like, what's white whiskey? Right. I don't know what that is. I will yeah. say this right. was the last bottle. Yeah. And it, and it may be very good. It's a hundred percent rye. I say, I'm a little nervous. Spicy. That's going to be spicy as shit, it. man. But see, like I almost can't get over the smell because it just, Talk through the smell. I can't. I can't get any notes other than earthy, but not like because I've had some where it smells dirt side of earthy. Okay. This it, the only thing I can think of is still earthy, but not dirt. 
Like, but it doesn't smell like grassy or anything like that. But it's, man, I I don't know. All right, I'm gonna try it. Do you have just plain water? I have flavored water in my oh, thing. Yeah, yeah. You just give me a splash. I probably shouldn't be doing this over your freaking soundboard. <laughs> well, I'm getting a new one, Psst. so it's okay. <laughs> Which should be here tomorrow. I'm so excited. All right, so here we go. I'm gonna try this. I've I've smelt it enough. Man, let's see. I still can't. Yeah, like again, I have. I think it's because I have a a preconceived notion of what rye should smell like, and this doesn't smell anything like it. So, like, what are you doing? Just play with me. For a second. <laughs> what? <laughs> so for uh, for our podcast listeners, uh, Ian just uh, poured some of this uh, white whiskey into his hands and is and is doing a Mr. Miyagi thing. I don't fully understand what's happening. So it it works. <laughs> it's all the same. So uh, there's a there's a process that you can tell what's in in the whiskey by doing this. So um, initially you so with with the white dog, like you you pour it on your hands, and you smell it, right? Yeah. And that you get um, I think it's you get the grain first, okay. right? And then you rub your hands together, right? And then you get the uh, uh, you get like a bread smell. Huh. Right. And then the clap is the activation uh, and it tells you like the, the proof. It's freaking it, it, I'm, I'm not huh. doing it any justice. Right. Uh, Freddie Johnson from Buffalo Trace does this. It's an amazing demonstration and it absolutely works. I've done it at a couple different distilleries and it's it's fucking crazy. You can smell you can tell the grain. You can tell the freaking like like what it is. The proof. It's crazy. Now, absolutely crazy. is that something for something that's fresh like this or is that something that's been aged? No, it's got to be the white dog. OK. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, fuck. I still can't wrap my head around the smells. That's what's like honestly throwing me off right now. It's it's a little I mean it, it is dirty, right? So there's there's that unfinished uh kind of raw and when you smell stuff that comes off the still. There there's different so you've got the, you know, the four shots which is straight acetone bad. That's so the, the first part of the, you know, when you do a run, the first part, it's basically, it's just stripping all the gross stuff out of the copper. Right. Right. So all of that gets put into a bottle and fucking gone. Right. Right. Then you have the heads, the hearts and the tails. Mm -hmm. So the heads is again, right after the four shots, it's mm -hmm. still, it's still too, too gross. The hearts is what they collect. Right. Right. And then the tails is it, the proof is down lower than what they want. So, what they'll do is they'll take the heads and the tails and they'll re uh, distill them. Hmm. And then they'll pull more hearts out of them. Okay. So, so like, is this when, when is, you, is this a tail? No, or? no, this is, this is the hearts, man. This oh. is what like straight up hearts smell like. Oh. All right. Well, hey. So there's, there's, there, like, it's sweet, okay. right? Which is a rye thing. Right. I love new make. This, this makes me happy. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Woo. Hot. Woo. <sighs> but not that hot. Not hot. Not significant to where it's like, ugh. Like, it's too much. No, and it, it has. You Man, you can tell it's a rye. 
because it's just got that freaking it, it it's got that gooey like a a, a chewy kind of feel to it. Hmm. That's good, man. Hmm. That's interesting. It's different. Yeah, it's very different. It's it's definitely not like anything else I have in my bar. No. No. And the big difference, like, uh, you can, if you were to grab a gin, right, mm-hmm. or a vodka, mm-hmm. and go straight side by side, you would have, you can tell the difference between just a neutral grain spirit, something that's freaking whatever, that's just alcohol, to be alcohol, right? Uh, versus something that is, you know, because you get all, like, the, the esters that get the freaking, you know, the ethanols and all that stuff with vodka, but you don't get any, there's, there's nothing else. And this, right. you get that rye, you get the freaking, you know, it, it doesn't have the caramels and the vanillas because those all come from the barrel. Right. That's not there yet. So this is what, if you just took a bunch of rye, freaking fermented it, mashed it up, fermented it, and freaking threw it in a fucking pot still, right. this is what you're getting. This is what it got. And moonshine. This would, I mean, technically, this is moonshine. So technically whiskey is moonshine until it's aged? It's, it's a fine it, it line. Can be. So moonshine can be a lot of things. Right? Moonshine can be whiskey, brandy, freaking cognac can be all kinds of great. Well, cognac is brandy, but it can be all kinds of things, right? Moonshine's just something that is distilled, right? Fermented and then distilled, mm-hmm. and alcohol comes from it. So, mm-hmm. but if you were to to go to freaking the backwoods of Tennessee, right, and hook up with a moonshiner, and they distilled some rye this is what it would taste like Mm. so i think that my favorite and it just keeps getting sweeter every single time it just gets sweeter the i think my favorite so far has been a single malt and we were at uh hill rock distillery in new york and they were they were distilling their single malt at the time and they freaking opened it up and they're like go for it that's the the raw stuff yeah the brand new stuff yeah it was going it was coming off the still into the catch basin uh, before they and they're like, go for it. So we freaking we dipped and went, and it was just, oh, it was glorious. It was absolutely glorious. And I'm not a huge single malt fan. Like, I, right. they're my favorite single malt is the Balcones, which is the only Texas whiskey that I enjoy. <laughs> the only one. <laughs> I've tried so hard. I've tried so hard. I've tried a lot of Balcones. I've tried freaking Devil's River. Uh, now the one exception to that. Would be the Crowded Barrel and okay. the bottles of Eleanor that I have. Also, we were just at their tasting room uh, a couple weeks ago and had uh, in Austin there, and they had, uh, I've got a little bottle of it still. It's the, the single mom, well, it's single malt, but anyway, <laughs> I, I'm not going to go there. Um, yeah. So, which is, it's a 108 single malt that is, knock your fucking socks off good mm. it is unbelievable it is so good so i can't get over the earthy and i because it's rye and was see like the rise that i have and i'm partial to to rise and and maybe it's because this is you know the bare bones of it those don't taste anything like this. So it's like, so I'm partial to that taste. Yeah. There is something about this that I do enjoy, but I just can't get over how it smells. 
Go grab your wild turkey. All right. And a couple of glasses. So while Josh is doing that, because dead air time is really awful and gross, and I, I hate to edit it out, uh, we're sitting here playing with some some new make, some white whiskey, whatever you want to call it, and uh, and he's going to grab a couple of couple of pulls of some rye that's been around for a hot minute. The only thing that's going to be hard about this is the fact that the wild turkey is. I think just barely over the. Uh, is it raining men? We just killed the wild turkey. Oh. So this isn't 100% rye. I think the wild turkey is right at. I think wild turkey sits right or right just just over the the 51%. But I mean, literally, here is here's the difference. So start start with your new make. Right off the still, that's what you get. Five to seven years later, this comes next. See, like, I can't even smell it now. Oh, sorry. I should probably talk into the mic. It, it helps. So It's better for I podcasting. Like, right now, I can't even smell it. You should be able to. That's a thing, right? Yeah. So, so <laughs> okay. the proof, this is 101, right? right? This is 110. So the proof's not that it drastically higher. It's hard to think. That time takes something like that to something like this. There is something I enjoy about this, but I'm not going to lie. I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what it is about this that I like, but there is something weird here that I like. Vegetables. I don't like vegetables that much. Um, fruit. First, okay. Okay. So, fruit's hard, though, because you don't, like, cook fruit. <laughs> Vegetables are easy, right? So, uh, cauliflower. Cauliflower? Yeah. So, yeah. for me, it's cauliflower, yeah. right? So, cauliflower raw. Okay. Dude, I love the shit out of that. It's like rubber, though. I don't care. I'll, I'll eat it. I love <laughs> it. I love it. Okay. Cauliflower steamed with just a little bit of butter on it. Holy balls. <laughs> Nice. It's fucking amazing. So there it is. You you have raw cauliflower, and then you've got it steamed with some butter. And the difference is the barrel and the environment. Mm. So I would be interested to, to taste their rye whiskey, their aged rye whiskey. And maybe, right. uh, maybe they don't have it yet, and that's why they're putting this out. Coincidentally enough, right next to this was a bourbon from the same folks. Yeah, which bourbon and rye is not a well yeah i understand it but there wasn't a rye so i was very interested to to see if they had a rye like at the store yeah but they didn't all they had was this was that and the bourbon and i was like well damn i kind of wish they had a rye so i could do like a, a side by side a side by side yeah and i i would be willing to bet that they if they have it it's probably only in the at the distillery right just yet and because they're putting new make out mm. I'd be interested to see because what is what is aging in Michigan look like? I know what aging in Kentucky looks like for rye whiskey. Right. Uh, I know what aging uh, in uh, I know what aging in Michigan looks like because Mammoth makes a stellar fucking rye. We I don't think we can go a single episode without talking about Mammoth a little bit. I think we're just gonna keep saying it until they freaking. <laughs> oh, and I I got my uh my Mammoth uh Glencairn too, so I mean, 
So again, huh. this is this is that perfect picture, and it would be better if we had like the same brand uh, to to go one to two, right? But it's a rye whiskey. Mm-hmm. It's you know this is what it is coming off the still. Right. This is what it looks like freaking five years later, and that's the magic that is whiskey. <laughs> And, and no shit. Right, yeah, yeah. Like the magic that is fucking whiskey is time. Right. And when you th- when you put that into perspective, these master distillers, they make something. Mm-hmm. Coming off the still, they're like, well, yeah, it's it's not terrible. Right. Then they put it in a barrel and it goes away. Right. It goes away for 5, 10, 12 years. Right. They go take a peek at it every once in a while, just a right. little bit, see how it's coming along. But at the end of that time, they pull it out. And they hope it doesn't suck. Right. So you could now, potentially wasted ten years and on something that tastes terrible. Right. And oh. now we are the benefactors of that <laughs> right. because what happens is they put that 10, 12, 15 year whiskey into bottles of shit like Jim Beam White Label <laughs> or uh I think it was the the Wild Turkey Rare Breed had like some seventeen year shit in there. Uh the two thousand and I think it was the 2018 batch because it, it didn't meet the quality standards of whatever they were making. So they just put it in the rare breed stuff. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So you got some like almost 20 year old whiskey. That's so crazy. For ridiculous because it did, you know what, again, and that's it, it, because they made a 17. What were you doing 17 years ago? Oh shit. How old am I? 34. Uh, yeah, we already established that. I don't math good. No, that's why Joe's brother is helping us out. Right. (laughs) So I wasn't doing much (laughs) 17 years ago. So, yeah. Fuck. But that's that's when, you know, whatever that that's when that whiskey came off the still. Right. And then it just went away because the age statement only the age stops once it comes out of the barrel. Now, is that so that's after it's distilled. And whatever they decide to put in that barrel, it's immediate. Now, at any point, is it switched from barrel to barrel, or is it put in that barrel? It's sealed up and then just shoved in a corner somewhere. Yes and no. So, Dave Pickerel <laughs> did uh, somehow got the Solera. So the Solera aging process is something that I think it was France or Italy was doing with their wines. Um, Dave Pickle was able to get it passed through the TTB and be a thing here. So what happens is, uh, in order to be called, you know, bourbon or rye or whatever, it's got to go into new oak for American whiskey, right? Now, okay. So, so let me finish. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry. Okay. So, so the Solera aging process basically has tiers. Okay. So, tier one is your new stuff. Right. Tier two is your middle age. Tier three is what gets bottled. So after huh. after it comes out of tier three. So what happens is uh is you go to tier three, right? And you pull a hundred gallons out of tier three, right? Yeah. So there's a bunch of barrels. Yeah. You just pull a hundred gallons. And that's right. what you bottle and you put that to go sell. Then you take a hundred gallons out of tier two, put that into tier three, and you take all of your new make that's in tier one and dump it into tier two. So basically you have an infinity barrel. So, so there are (laughs) times where that statement can be true, but for the most part, it goes into that barrel, it goes into the warehouse and that's where it sits for whatever time that they say it sits for. Right. Right. Now they don't have to disclose how old it is. Okay. They choose to, 
which pisses me off. They should they should have to freaking every time they should tell you. And what you see on a label is the youngest right. that's in there. So you could have it could be mixed with like fucking there could be twenty five year year old whiskey in there, but the youngest that's in there is five year old. So it says five years. So you, you just you just so, never know. So it's almost like a mixture of the two, but they're gonna automatically put the youngest. They have year to. On there? They have to put okay. the youngest year that's on there. That's crazy. Or just do NAS and just put no age statement on it. Now, uh, and I could be completely wrong about this, but Canadian whiskey, they there's no rules. Like they can just <laughs> fucking do whatever they want. They can add coloring. They can add flavoring. Canadian whiskey is like the man. They're fast and loose. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, there's a lot of Canadian distilleries that don't, you know what I mean? Right. But with Canadian, you can have blended stuff, which means it's whiskey mixed with neutral grain spirits. You know, uh, uh, Crown got into some hot water. It's still on the shelf, uh, but their bourbon mash, they have a, a Crown Royale bourbon mash. It's in like a brown box. Okay. Uh, it's not bourbon. can't be bourbon because <laughs> it's made in Canada, right? And then like... right. Canada has no because because it's it's a Canadian whiskey, but it's made with a bourbon mash, which is just as they because bourbon's a corn uh, mash, an American thing. Like right. if it's made in America, it's bourbon. No, it, or, bourbon has to be made in America. Right, bourbon can't be made anywhere else. Kind of like how Irish whiskey can only be made in Ireland, Correct. and Scotch can only be made in Scotland. Correct. Now, Scotch <laughs> in America, yeah, is called single malt. Oh, so they found a cool little workaround. Right. right. So they make it the same. <laughs> Holy fuck. So many rules. <laughs> <sighs> you got me on my whiskey shit. Not. Nah. See, for me, like, I love hearing about this stuff because I love hearing about new stuff. I don't have that drive to learn about that stuff on my own. Just because if it's just me on the internet you know, trying to find interesting stuff about whiskey, I usually end up on YouTube watching, you know, fail videos and shit like that. Yeah. So, same, so, same. so I mean, so I, I love hearing about this stuff. I love learning about it, especially, like, when you go somewhere. Um, I've done a couple of tours of, like, breweries and stuff like that, and I've yeah. gotten to see their process, which I find fascinating. And it's it's so cool to see different processes and how – how it makes something that we, you know, people enjoy consuming. But I just don't have that drive to figure that out on my own. <laughs> you know, it's like I would I enjoy your end product. Hell yeah, I do. I I love hearing people talk about it, especially people who are passionate about it. Cause you can you can hear the excitement in their voice. And and that, and at least for me as an individual, that's that's enjoyable. I love hearing people talk about something they're passionate about, and it's just like, man, I can tell you really like that because it's cool. So you know, so so hearing you talk about whiskey is just it's very enjoyable because you can tell you really enjoy it, and you you know you just go on a tangent, and I can just sit here and enjoy it because you know it's it's just a whole thing. Yeah, and whiskey's whiskey's got that funny. I always try to look at the date and what was I doing? And that, and that's another great thing about blends, right? The whiskey is okay. It's not terrible. Um, but the cool thing about the bottle is it's got, it's, it's, well, it's got the dump date. It doesn't have the birth date. 
He doesn't have an age statement. So when you look at whiskeys with like an yeah, so let me, let me pull it back. So it's got a cool Backtrack. dump date and a horse. Yeah, there's a horse and a dump date. So it's cool that way. And it's a weird shape. Um, looks like a golf ball, but with a horse on it. Uh, anyway. Uh, we're just going to rewind that and freaking chop all that shit off. But uh, <laughs> get it together, Josh. Uh, but uh, but no, so when you look at an age statement on a, on a bottle of whiskey, right? And you've, especially if you can find an old bottle. Yeah. So if you find an old bottle, you know, it was bottled in, you know, 2012. Mm. And it's 15 years old. So what was happening in the world mm. at that time? What was going on? And that's where, like, the, where my brain goes when I see these things. I find a dusty old bottle of booze, mm. like, on the bottom shelf of this crazy thing, right? right. And it can just be some shit-ass fucking old-time, you know, benchmark eight-year or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> Right. That was made in freaking, you look at the bottle code and it's freaking, you know, 2013. Hmm. Well, cool. So go nice. back eight years. What was, what was going on? Right. And shit, crazy stuff. And then I always relate to like, this whiskey was being made when I was blah. Right. You know, this whiskey was being made when I was getting married. It's fucking insane. That's crazy. Yeah. And then, and then you, you put that in the context of like the life that was lived in that time. And that was, you know, a lot of your whiskeys are, you know, four or five, some of your super young, two years, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's cool to think what was going on and where were you when yeah. this was put in the bottle hmm. or, or when this was put in the barrel, when this, when was this made? When, when did this go sit up in a shelf somewhere right. and the life that it saw in that time. And some of these older whiskeys, man, that's crazy to think about, yeah. you know, 20 years. I had a couple of bottles of twenty-year-old stuff, and you're like, "God damn, yeah, that's a lifetime." Holy shit! That was he saw a lifetime of of stuff before it came out and said, "Hey," and somebody had the patience to let it sit there, which blows my fucking mind. <laughs> I would drink the shit out of that, and then they'd go to like, "Oh, why is this barrel empty?" Be like, "Man, evaporation's a bitch. I don't know, man. Evaporation sucks here." It's then so they bad. see the straw yeah. straight out of the barrel. <laughs> Why has he got a drill? Don't worry about it. It's cool, man. One of the cool stories coming out of uh, the the Powers Distillery uh, was the fact that they got whiskey rations. Right. You know, so stealing whiskey. They and they gave the rations to like deter the the theft of the whiskey. Right. So these guys that worked well, in the distillery didn't they have an issue with more of them stealing the coal? Yes. To at least you know. Back in the day, that there was more theft of coal than whiskey. Yeah. Yep. Jesus. Because they got enough whiskey. So these guys right? were these, these guys were working tuned up every single day. So they got like a morning ration. They got like a mid morning ration. They got you know, uh, they had their little cups that they would come and freaking. I'm, I'm ready yeah. for more. Yeah, dude, I I need that fucking job. <laughs> I will roll barrels all day long. Happy as uh, shit. But fucking OSHA, of course, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, everything yeah. up. Fucking OSHA. But yeah. Anyway. This is the longest hay bartender. Ever. I know, right? <laughs> we should, uh, we should probably head over uh, to the bar. I thought we were. I thought we were at the bar, or we're going to at the bar. This was hay bartender. Fuck. You gotta suck at this guy. <laughs> I do suck at this. See, and I even have the segments written out somewhere. Yeah. So next segment is at the bar. At the bar. Do, 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 do. 
All right, folks. So for At The Bar tonight, we are going to be talking podcasting. So what? Yeah. Oh, my God. You're <laughs> going to listen to a podcast about podcasting. Sorry, we probably lost half of you, but hang out with us um, for just a sec, because what we're going to talk about is Josh and I have had the experience of uh, through multiple shows, uh, because uh, for those of you who may not know, Josh is the co-host of The Warehouse Rats. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am the host of Why Whiskey. Uh, I have been a guest on The Warehouse Rats. Josh and his crew, uh, The Warehouse Rats, have been a guest on Why Whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have this project that we do together. So Josh and I have a lot of experience in recording apart, and we have a little experience in recording together. And that's really the focus of what we're going to talk about tonight. So if we have podcasters in the room or folks who may be podcasters, uh, we're going to talk about pros and cons about in-studio and virtual and how that that kind of works out and what I mean we're gonna uh, bottom line up front I, I Josh I'll let you speak for yourself uh-huh. a bottom line up front I prefer in person oh hell yeah um with the uh the warehouse rats that I that I am also a part of when COVID started to be not that it's not a thing anymore when it started to be a really big thing uh, my co-hosts and I at the time kind of said, you know what, we, maybe we should start recording remotely and, and kind of go from there, which that was a struggle because one, we were new to podcasting and we were trying to figure out how to make our, to get the best quality. Cause that's what we saw. Uh, the, the immediate issue was quality, right? You know, yeah. because, you know, being in person, we're connected to all the same stuff. We got the microphones were there and it and it worked. Um, You know, the the energy was still the same because we you know we could see each other because we had the webcams going. So which was good. But quality suffered. And to the point of it being frustrating at some times and it, it, it got to be frustrating doing the remote thing. But it was it was understandable uh, since then, we have come back to uh, to in person. We've added another host, so there's even another body that that we're interacting with, which which works. Um, but I noticed that with us, when we you know well, we have no choice but to to remote record because we're in different states, the quality's still there. But that's on a a dual. Uh, uh, what's the word track recording yeah like it's it's us being on the same level of okay set you know you record your end i'll record my end send me your audio and then you know piece it together and shit like that so it's it's a combined effort instead of just being okay with the the you know the zoom recording or whatever right you know uh video chat used because i see a lot of folks who use that which if if that's what you are most comfortable with using go ahead because i i have listened to some podcasts where it's it's a lot of remote stuff or a lot of interviews with people over over video chat and stuff like that and you can definitely tell it's video chat but what makes you forget the video chat audio quality is the content you have people hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. I, I completely agree. So uh, today during my drive, I listened to many, 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 <laughs> many, many, 14 hours podcasts today, <laughs> many. 
and reviews are forthcoming. Uh, one of the most interesting things I, I listen to, uh, it's the Manic Pixie Weirdo uh, podcast, and she's phenomenal. So her guest did the local recording with the microphone and had her on speakerphone. So the host was on speakerphone. The guest was on the microphone, which was brilliant. So obviously there was some sort of communication uh, issue, right? Right. So she valued her guest's audio over her own. You could still hear her, but you could definitely tell she was talking through a phone. Right. The guest's audio was crystal clear. Huh. And so, which was was brilliant because the guest was the focus of the show. Right. Blew my mind. Uh, and, and it was wonderful. You could hear her just as fine, just the, you know, it, it. she sounded like she was talking through a tin can, which was a phone. But all of, even when he engaged her saying, you know, asking her questions, you could hear her response just fine. Right. It just wasn't as clear and, and clean as, mm-hmm. as that. But she valued his uh, because he was the guest and he was sharing the knowledge and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, which I, I thought was was awesome mm-hmm. uh, but again it, it, sound quality matters yeah uh and and when you have that's one of my biggest turnoffs right if i if i sit there and cringe the first 60 seconds i'm shutting it off i'm absolutely shutting it off and but we do we just so josh uh, they call that a local recording right so for those podcasters out there that may be just getting started uh if somebody says hey do you want me to do a local recording what the, what they mean is they're going to record their track and then they can send that to you and encourage them to do that editing it is the fucking sucks which a little insight here which is why josh and i read every episode <laughs> because that is supposed to be where we sync up our audio and we line everything up together Josh, I'm I need some improvement on this. I don't math well and I don't read well. <laughs> <laughs> I read well but, to myself just fine, but I mean yeah. So, <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, so no, that was uh, listening to that today it was uh it was her episode uh, I think it was episode 6. Uh and it was uh it was a great episode. Absolutely wonderful. And that was uh you could tell there was definitely some sort of audio challenge that mm-hmm. they overcame and the show did not lose any of it of its effectiveness because of that. Right. It was wonderful. With uh with the Warehouse Rats podcast, uh I remember the first time we tried to have a remote guest and <laughs> due due to the lack of knowledge of how to set up my sound equipment and stuff like that, we had well, I had my computer that was recording the audio. I had a second computer that we used for Skype. We had uh, a cable going from that into our, because uh, at the time I think we had a focus right, going from there that was recording that, but our guests couldn't hear us mic quality. It was Skype quality. But on. The podcast you heard us just normal, like through microphones, and then and then uh, our guest through the the internet. <laughs> but there was a disconnect at some point, and so uh, my my co-host he he's a, a, a softer 
uh, you know, his vocals are a little softer, so he talks a little quieter. And so it got to a point where afterwards he and I were talking. He's like, yeah, I don't think she, she heard me. I'm like, because you have to fucking speak up. I mean, you're so fucking quiet. S- say it with your chest. Right. And, and the computer's like three feet away from us. You got to speak up. The microphone isn't for our guest. The microphone is for the recording. Right. He's like, oh, shit. And I was like, yeah, so just just speak up. So it's 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 been a challenge. Um, whether it's guests or remote recordings, um, it's, it's difficult. And especially going into it, not knowing what I'm doing, what does what, what's the best way to do this and what's the best way to do that. It's, it can be difficult and it can be stressful, very stressful. Absolutely frustrating. I, and how many times that you and I have spent, uh, time off the show working on audio stuff. I, I'm sure folks that have listened or watched the show have heard a couple episodes where there's a little bit of an echo issue. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, the, the episode with Johnny. Jesus Christ. That was that was a nightmare. Um, and, and all of it is just, just practice and trying to figure out what... There, there's a solution to everything mm-hmm. and getting that solution figured out uh, and how that all kind of plays out. And it... it it takes time. Yeah. It takes a lot of time. So if you know your software going into it, you're good. Right. Uh, but don't be afraid to have that episode that sounds like a tin can or freaking oh, yeah. has that fucking echo shit happening. That's so, Oh my God. Oh, and then trying to edit that freaking echo out is just, it is an absolute pain. But I think we, I think we got that solved. Of course, everything is solved when we just do it this way. I know like recording in person, Technically speaking, it makes everything so much easier. But at the same time, there's a different energy. You know, like I I see your face here, you know, but at the same time when we record remotely, I see your face and, you know, but there's, it's different because I could reach out and touch your face if I really wanted to. (laughs) Like, like, I don't, I can try, but, (laughs) but so it's, there is something uh, exciting when you record in person. Yeah. Because you you play off of whether you have a co-host or guests, especially, you know, guests in person, you the energy kind of just makes it all better. And granted, you know, technically and system-wise, it it's easier to do because then, you know, everything's right there. You don't have to worry about, you know, delay and internet and you know audio from whatever video call service you're using or whatever i I, hands down in person i I love recording in person because i get to talk to the folks like and not like you know you can look through a screen and talk to somebody but when you're in studio you're talking to them yeah you know they're right there you're talking to them and you can you can experience what you're talking about together and it's it's it just brings a different experience to making a podcast. No, absolutely. The so the first uh in person guest I think I had, well for like there's there's an episode out there where uh, a bunch of folks came over and it got super loose. Um that's like episode three. So we're not going to count that one, but the first like legit guest I had in person 
was uh, a guy by the name of Austin Jackson. This is on Y Whiskey. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about uh, uh, morality and drugs mm-hmm. and things that he is very, very passionate about. And that was, it, he and I shared an office. And we so we had had some of these conversations beforehand, so I knew that that was a thing. But uh, it was very different to sit there and to have somebody like you know when he got excited he would lean forward and put his hands down on his knees right or, or not his hands put his like elbows down on his yeah. knees he would like lean forward he would posture up yeah. uh to to get this point across because it was something that and you read off of that energy and so for me like you can tune in so much better when somebody is in front of you yeah. and i i miss so much when i podcast remotely Hmm. Uh, i'll go back because again you're you're looking at a screen Mm -hmm. and you look at a screen all fucking day (laughs) so you kind of just you don't realize you're doing it but you kind of just kind of phase out and so when i go back through my editing process and i go back through and i listen again i'm like i fucking missed i'm that was the golden (laughs) ticket and i fucking missed it god damn it and instantly i have like nine different questions and this is while i'm editing so it's too late to ask right. and my response to the question was nonchalant and fucking douchey <laughs> right. you're like oh that's great anyway. no <laughs> yeah like, oh, i missed it i missed it i have a uh stephanie mcnew from the abv network i had her on a sh- on the show and uh i i i absolutely dropped the ball i went back through and listened and she had some uh incredible family stories uh attached to the episode that we were doing and during the editing process I was like oh my god I I was I it could have changed the entire dynamic mm. of of the episode and that the importance of listening right and and paying attention and it is easier it, it is because there's somebody here in front of you yeah. so it's so easy when somebody's on a computer you know and for those of us who have been doing meetings on computers for the last year and a half seven times a week <laughs> two hours at a time it's so easy. We just kind of, yeah, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah that's, that's great. That's great. Cool story, uh, bro. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. Right. <laughs> we just have these programmed responses where we lose that. But when we have somebody literally sitting in front of us yeah. and the body language makes all the difference. Yeah. So you can tell when somebody uh, reacts badly to a statement or a question. Mm-hmm. And then you can tell when they act, you know, react positively. And, and that for me that's when I engage. Yeah. And when we did, for those of you who will listen to it later, you'll hear the family episode. Oh, yeah. And there were a certain responses by our family members where the body language shifted. So it's like, whoop, say more. Like, <laughs> let's, let's, let's unpack this. Let's go. Where are we going with this? Let's, let's have some good time. <laughs> and, uh, particularly our, our aunt Lisa, she was super fun to fuck with, but, um, but yeah, you, you totally lose that on a screen. Unless you're super like hyper focused, uh, and I've had some some guests lose me because they just it's like oh. what the the most experience I've had with with uh, recording in person. We recently added a a third host to the warehouse rats uh, for season three. Micah. Mr. Micah. Crooked skid Micah. Uh, he, he's a very quiet individual. He has a habit of getting confused when uh, Ricardo talks, which, which is hilarious. So 
there will be times where uh, Ricardo will be going on a on a rant or uh, a tangent or whatever you want to call it, and I'll and because we're in person, I'll be listening to Ricardo, but then I'll kind of glance over to Micah, and Micah doesn't know, but he has a classic okay. I don't know if I follow kind of look. And it, and so once there's an opening, I'm like, so, uh, so Michael, what do you think about that? And he'll be like, well, well, I don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's so like, it's, it's hilarious, but you can very easily overlook that when you're, when you're remote recording, yes. because what you think could be somebody being confused could just be, you misread that as that being just their resting face. I mean, right. I have resting douchebag face, which, you know, I've been told that and I, you know, that's fine. Do you giggle too much for that statement to be true? But okay. But I drink. So <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm giggling. But <sighs> I think everything about body language, especially like in this, and this sounds weird as I say it, but 3D body language. Because, you know, on, I like, so if, if we were to look at our stream right now, you could see you and my torso. So I, you can still get the idea of body language, but being in the same room and reading somebody's full body language completely changed, can change the context of, of what you're thinking about this person. Oh, absolutely. So, and that can add to whatever the conversation is and completely change the the dynamic of where that conversation is going. So what could be a pretty straightforward standard episode, if you want to call it, could be something groundbreaking, you know, just because you're in person rather than talking over, you know, Internet phones and stuff like that. Yeah. And you get you get the full picture. I, one of the guys I, I've had the privilege of having in my studio in Massachusetts, uh, a guy by the name of Jesse, uh, and both both times that he came, uh, there was, I mean, the guy brought literally tinfoil hats the first time. <laughs> uh, it, it was it was satirical, uh, but it was absolutely hilarious. But that set the tone for the whole thing. Uh, so when we fired off, you know, he and I are both wearing our freaking tinfoil hats, and it's like. You know, here, here we go. Like it's, this is, it, it legit set the tone. And it was, it, you lose that, yeah. you know, uh, you, your guest shows up at your studio and they've got two tinfoil hats. They're like, here, put this on, <laughs> right? You, you lose that over yeah. and, and you could still have great experiences yeah. uh, virtually. You can still have great guests. You can still have great shows right. uh, virtually that I, I don't want to downplay or make it sound bad. It's just a, a preference. If I had the opportunity to be in person versus uh, virtual, oh yeah, that's what I want. I and I I think like specific people uh, where I would absolutely want to sit down at a table with them. Yeah. Uh, in in my experiences with with guests, I think because you we did had the warehouse rats on one whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have loved to seen Ricardo choke down that whiskey in person. Oh, it was great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, that just did that would have made all the difference, you know? Right. And so, so let we're kind of like diverting out into different projects. Some <laughs> right, right. people are listening are so confused right now. Um, right. So specific challenges that Josh and I have had to work through with this show, uh, with, with virtual recording, we've had some sound, uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, Joshua's track is good. My track is good, but there's this weird echo that kind of pops up every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when we throw in a guest, you never know what the guest is bringing to the table as far as audio and w- the environment in which they're in makes all the difference in the world. So when you have somebody that's sitting in their kitchen with ceramic everything and the sound is just bouncing off of every possible surface that's in the area, it's like, oh, God, there's so much going on here. Like, uh, thinking back to uh, a recording we did, and of course it was all remote, that I would have given my left nut to have that be an in-person recording was when we talked to uh, Heath from E14. Yes. First off, his setup was fucking sweet. So fucking chill. He had all this sweet stuff everywhere. So, I, like, I imagine myself, well, of course we would have recorded in, in his setup because the setup was awesome. You know? So, but, but even so, just with how he was and how we are, having that conversation in person, I think would have been that much more exciting because because one you have environmental just your surroundings in general and of course i look at my surroundings and it feels kind of bland except for the the few things that i have up but with his surroundings there's there's color there's art there's there's you know cultural influential stuff i mean it just it it all worked (laughs) and and then on top of that you have the energy of your guest or whoever you're talking to. So it, it all builds up on each other. Yeah. And, and you lose that with, with the remote recordings. You do. You, you do lose some of that. And it's like, man, it'd be really cool if you were sitting in, in his living room right now and, and chatting right now. And uh, so I was on their show last night. Right. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure when it's going to air, but we recorded last night for them. And he has now added an air purifier oh, to his room, <laughs> which means Is there a- he gets to smoke cigars in his studio now, which I was oh. like, he was doing that while I was sitting there. I was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so jealous. Absolutely. Like, so, so jealous uh, of, of him as he was sitting there freaking token on a stogie he was like god damn it um but yeah no you absolutely right like that would be a and, and i don't think the the content would have changed much mm-hmm. but the the vibe matters and and you and i have said that multiple times and you and i have gotten together to record and have stopped because the energy was off yeah and that i i think that's important i think that's super super important mm-hmm. because when if you you just push through. You just muscle on. It's it your suffers. your product is going to suffer. Yeah, what you put out there, your content, what you create is gonna is gonna suffer because your headspace isn't where it needs to be, and it's yeah. not the right place. And you're just shitty. This sucks. Yeah, you know, and and not that you say you you can't fake it till you make it. That's <laughs> totally a thing. You can, right. you can do that, but but it definitely isn't the same as genuine true and people can tell energy yeah there and there's a, there's been episodes where i I'll, I'll hit josh up and i'll be like dude we sucked <laughs> right we should not have recorded this night it was so bad like we right. were just 
both of us were freaking we were just just power out of through. it. Yeah. 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 So I, I think that's, that's another thing. And that's another thing you can tell when somebody, you know, again, it's that body language thing. Somebody walks in the room and their shoulders are down. Their freaking heads kind of like off to the side and they're just, you can tell the energy's off. So I think we're at a consensus. Oh yeah. 100, 100% in person. So it, it makes all the difference. Fuck COVID. I need to buy your neighbor's house right over there. Yeah. No, buy that one. Because then she'll move. Is that the lawnmower lady? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'd completely forgotten about that until just now. (laughs) Oh, fuck. I was not planning on getting arrested. (laughs) Uh, You know what? I think that's I think that's a good note to end on. Yeah. So All right. Ladies and gentlemen, those who uh who follow us on the podcast, that is that is going to be it for us tonight. You had have gotten a rare look into a a in-studio person-to-person recording. So enjoy it because we're not sure when this is going to happen again. Sooner rather than later. I'm guessing. Yeah. So. so, I'm Josh. That's Ian. Thank you for taking some time to hang out with us for a little bit. We kind of got off the rails there for for a while on whiskey, but that's okay because whiskey's cool. So, we'll be back again. <laughs> You're so drunk right now. <laughs> no, actually, I feel pretty good. Do you? Yeah. Right. I could drive. <laughs> <laughs> so, Thumbs up for safety. Do not drink and drive. No, Do that's not terrible. Can, so, we go, can we go to Last Call? Yeah. So, uh, streamers, don't forget, Last Call is coming up in just uh, a matter of minutes, so don't go anywhere. Those who are on the podcast, we'll see you again next week. Cheers, friends. Cheers.